0: Welcome to the One Thing Global Leadership Summit podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel Lim, your host. Today, we will be examining how prayer fosters unity in the body of Christ. Hi, I'm so delighted to have two of my friend, Daniel Gerassi, from Austin, Texas, and Cheryl Allen, back with us again from Pasadena International House of Prayer in California. Both Daniel and Cheryl will be addressing this issue of how prayer actually feel unity within a local body. When I say local body, it's not just a local church, although that is true, but a city where you have a couple of hundred local congregation, a variety of expression, denomination, emphasis, and how prayer can be a force of unity within that location, that city, that town. Uh, even if, if the town and the city is small and it's not densely populated, the dynamic is the same. In fact, actually, the smaller the community is, the sometimes unity is even harder. So, But the Lord has shown us that... Uh, prayer can be God's secret weapon to bring His body together. If we follow some of the principle that's in the scripture, and Daniel and Cheryl have walked through the thick and the thin. The, the seasoning of this journey and we will be able to learn from them, not only from the application of the scripture, but live experience. So we're going to be talking about something that's really vulnerable today, something that's real. Even some of the failure that potentially they walk through, some challenges they're still facing. So this is not going to be some textbook conversation, but some real life down to earth uh, things that you might be facing right now. So I, I really want to encourage you as a prayer leader, as a shepherd in your city, as a gatekeeper, to pay attention and stay until the end of this podcast. So maybe we'll begin with you since, uh, uh, Daniel, this is your first time joining us at the One Thing Global Leadership Summit podcast. Would you, would you share with us your journey, how the Lord, how the Holy Spirit invited you into the Austin Disaster Relief Network and uh, how that turned out to be a force of unity in the city of Austin.
1: Sure. Well, back in 2005, when uh, Hurricane Katrina hit our area, we had over 6,000 people that flooded in. And in the midst of that, uh, I'm on the phone with a pastor. I get the, the download from the Lord of this network idea. And what would it look like? How would it operate? You know, just all the pieces of it. Uh, And really from that point, uh, I sat on it knowing that the timing wasn't right. Uh, And it wasn't until March of 2009 through prayer, through uh, the body of Christ, the leadership in the greater Austin area coming around me saying now is the time. And from that point, uh, we launched uh, back 10 years ago. Uh, And uh, from there, it's been nothing short of miraculous because Austin, uh, prior to uh, 2009, had about nine big disasters in the last hundred years. And since 2009, we've had over 10 large disasters in the greater Austin area, not including all the other disasters around us that we've had to reach out to. So uh, the Lord's love for people is, is uh, highly seen here in the greater Austin area of preparing his church to be ready prior to disaster striking.
0: Daniel Jurassi, 10 years ago, the Lord prompted you and you obeyed the Lord and founded the Austin Disaster Relief Network. I'm so thankful for your step of faith and obedience. And the Lord used you to preemptively prepare the body of Christ in Austin, not knowing that from 2009 onwards, there will be such an increased frequency in a significant natural disaster. Thank you, thank you. Many more people can learn from you. Cheryl, I know that uh, you would probably share from a different angle because uh, the Lord has used you in the day-to-day, week-to-week faithfulness to bring together the diversity of the body in your city. So share with us, Cheryl. Yes,
2: um, so the main way that people have gathered... um, at our house of prayer. And at currently there's about a hundred congregations represented at our house of prayer on a weekly basis. Um, at first people came to receive prayer. That was the first way that people found out about us. And then eventually came in to join prayer. Um, long ago, the Lord gave us the, the blueprint of praying for um, healing, praying for um, encouragement, And we literally have about 100 to 150 people come every week, most of them first-timers. And from that, that has built the prayer room. Um, And it has also caused us to have great relationships with pastors because we're building up and encouraging their people. Um, From the very beginning, we've always been closed on Sundays, so we wouldn't be seen as a Competitor, can quote unquote, and um, that's really caused pastors to trust us, as well as see us as a resource and not something to be afraid of.
0: Wonderful, Cheryl. I think you packed a lot in your brief introduction there. I will (laughs) loop. No, this is amazing. I will loop back to you because I want to draw out some of those principles. And both you and Daniel uh, has been used by the Lord. I have watched it over the years of how locally your credibility as a force of unity has been established by the Lord, even though the body is so diverse. I think, uh, uh, Daniel, if I may say, you probably influence over 300 congregations. Is that the right number?
1: It's nearly 200 now. 200 uh, Christian congregations on the network and thousands of trained volunteers. But... Uh, then that's just the greater Austin area. If you were to count all the other areas and the new networks that have risen up around us and around the United, in the United States, it's well, well over 300 churches.
0: So you, have, you are now beginning to reproduce the model that the Lord has given you in Austin, the other city?
1: That's correct. Yeah, we, we, we've, you know, the Lord has just somehow exposed what we do. Uh, the word has gotten out and, and a lot of times just from us helping other communities and other areas, it's actually become our strategy whenever we're going into a city. It's our first thought of is how do we mobilize that church together, pull them together, build a new network, help them with the plan, sow money into them almost like a church plant would, you know, a larger church sending out a church plant. And it's really to to see how we can, help them uh, essentially advance the kingdom of God in the midst of this uh, disaster response.
0: So Cheryl mentioned something. She didn't quite call it that way, but I'm going to rephrase what she said. At first, the people come to be prayed for, to receive prayer. And then they join the prayer meeting. It sounded to me like, at first, we serve the people who come. Then they are strengthened to become servant themselves, to serve others and to serve the Lord. So uh, are you seeing the same pattern happening? You, you said we sow into them like a church plant, and then they get activated and they begin to join the movement. Yeah, that's
1: correct. We, uh, by far, we, we go in there with a the serving heart of helping them first and foremost get, get off of, uh, back onto their feet, even to the point of sowing into the church financially if they were inundated with uh, having to keep their church open day and night with volunteers and and goods and supplies that that could be very costly for a church so it's it's serving them in multiple ways and coming up with the finances that they're going to need to hire that executive director to hire someone overseeing construction and other key areas of the relief efforts for the next several years that they'll be involved in it.
0: So I want both Cheryl and you to comment. I am sure you went through some school of hard knocks from the, in the beginning where the local pastor probably look at you with some form of suspicion and then they try to try you out, test you out and see whether your motivation is real and authentic. They're not sure what you're trying to do. Share with us about some of those early days of struggle and how you actually persevere through and what helped you go, go through those early days. Maybe let's start with Cheryl.
2: Yeah. um, Well, I think God was really kind to me because he knows it's already hard because I'm a woman leader. He gave us the strategy of praying for. um, In fact, Mike even told me this. He said, Cheryl, don't try to go after the leaders. Go after the hungry people because those are the ones who are going to come to your prayer meeting anyway. And so because we went after that, like people found out of the hungry people found out about us we would pray for them. And then they would become a part of us and they would be vibrant members of their church. Well, guess who's really happy about that? The pastor. Mm. So he doesn't have anything negative to say because their worship leader is more anointed. They have an inner healing ministry and they used to not have one. Their um, members are more encouraged. And so we even have many um pastors who refer people to come and be a part of pi Hop because of that and so that, and you fetted you, know,
0: you fattened their ship and then send them back
2: exactly and i'm gonna say maybe some people were suspect of us i just never got wind of it um so thank god um but <laughs> but from the for for the most part our storyline uh, uh, has not been like the suspect like oh everybody doesn't like us. And then all of a sudden they do, or they will eventually like us. It really was maybe it's, we, I don't know if people even knew who we were for me, for many years. And then it kind of eventually got out through members being touched and then letting their pastors know. And now I, real quick, like today we have pastors at Pie Hop that are from Five different churches in the area and they're coming to be recharged so we call it recharge and it's they spend half of the day in the prayer room and then they receive prophetic ministry and we do that once a month
0: wonderful it's a recharge station
2: yeah what (laughs)
0: kind of pastor would not want more recharge station in the city right exactly So, so daniel anything to add from your angle
1: uh, for, for us, um, uh, a lot like what she said, Cheryl said there, that uh, the Lord blessed us with a, a strategy right off the bat, and that was working with the, the, the pastor of pastors, so to speak, uh, those key, absolute key leaders, fathers of the city. And, uh, uh, and, and for us, it was Dan Davis. Dan Davis uh, you know, helped call the meeting, called his friend pastors, you know, put help, write a letter for me. And the next thing you know, we've got a big meeting going where I'm able to present the idea we believe God has given us. and That was the beginning of ADN right from the start. We had 25 churches join us from that first day. Uh, For cities that we're going into in times of disaster, we're actually doing the same thing. We're trying to find those those men of peace or women of peace or the, the fathers or mothers of the city that we could, you know, Build that relationship with, and uh, and then from there, their voice is is much more powerful in those communities to in, you know convene the, the churches and help pull them together. Uh, you know, obviously, in a time of disaster, there is there there is some motivation uh, to get together. Uh, and, and but what we do is we're trying to establish something that we find many pastors will ultimately say, you know, it's a shame that it took a disaster to do this. But praise God that we're now all working together for the first time. And and obviously that now sets the stage for the platform. And our number one goal at this point is, is how do we create an atmosphere that God has to show up? And that's the atmosphere of humility, right? Total dependence of God, which is not the norm in time of disaster, because a lot of people tend to think you know, roll up the sleeves and, and, and let's put on the arm of flesh, so to speak. And, and it's, it's, it's a reminder, even with pastors and churches, to establish that prayer right from the beginning, that total, like, we're going to do nothing else first and foremost, but then to lay ourselves, prostrate ourselves before the Lord Almighty. So that way he is so attracted. As you know, wherever God's a part of, the atmosphere changes.
0: Well, Daniel, this you are very blessed along with Cheryl because I believe from my own journey of interfacing with variety of leaders at various levels that uh, Cheryl's experience, your experience about not encountering the struggle of the early days where you have to prove your credibility and your intention is really rare. So I think two of you have been kept by the Lord but this is this is amazing that I'm hearing both of you agreeing having sustained fruits all these years you know more than 10 years of sustained fruit not only begin well and solid but continue on in the same vein of fruitfulness so but what I'm hearing from Cheryl and Daniel you is that uh, the type of people we're supposed to work with as a starting point of unity its not a formula. For Cheryl, uh, the Lord is reminding her just work with the one that's ready and hungry. And then for you, Daniel, is that the Lord lets you to the gatekeepers of the city, the influencer of the city. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like both could be the template. So you want to comment on that a little bit? Because I have a follow-up question from here.
2: I'm going to comment um, just, I know the Lord told me real early on about geography and like, he goes, I know how to get people to come together in your region. And that's going to look really different in another region. Each region has a way that people feel um, that they can come and gather together and it could look very different. So I think based on the geography you're in, and how people operate even under authority. I mean, California is kind of free-spirited in some ways. Um, I think it's based, I think that has something to do with it. So
0: understand your mission field. Every yeah. field is different. The authority structure, the way people communicate, the way people relate is different, and the Lord will have a customized strategy. Yes. And you do you think the the profile or rather the way God set apart the pioneers the founder matters like Cheryl you have a very different gifting from Daniel and and you, you're from you I mean do you think that, that it's a factor sense.
2: yeah that's I totally I, I wholeheartedly agree with that
0: it, it's not just gender I think gender is a factor but I think it's also grace and spiritual giftings right yes yes Daniel you want to comment
1: yeah, I would uh, agree. So prior to Rand, you know, I led a citywide prayer movement in many things in the city regarding prayer and unity and churches. And it just the way the Lord, you know, the first thing I did as a Christian was put on an event at the front, at our large arena uh, inside Greater Austin, pulling churches together. And, and I didn't know really much at that point. I was a baby Christian. But you know, but you know, going into other cities, a lot of it for us is is having our our spiritual antennas up, hearing the voice of God, so to speak, and being led. You know, it's amazing. God is always for us. He opens these doors supernaturally, and it's just it's it's learning how to just again hearing, watching, seeing. What the Lord is doing. And and lately, you know, it's been so supernatural, like the hill country floods that damaged 2,400 homes in October last year. He had me meet with those pastors in the hill country of Texas about a month and a half prior to the disaster. So I already had the relationships in place. When the disaster happened, everyone went, my gosh, this was meant to be.
0: Wow. So even though both Cheryl and Daniel, you have not I have to experience firsthand the fiery trials of the early pioneering days of being tested for your credibility. If there's a young pioneer who who are listening to this podcast right now and they are going through tremendous challenge and they're thinking of giving up, maybe they think that's not for them, they don't have the gifting, they don't have the grace to do this as the one that bring uh, unity in the local body, Is there any advice you would want to give these people in their pioneering phase? Cheryl or Daniel? Let's start with Daniel. Is there any advice?
1: Sure. You know, I I, man, there's always a test from the beginning for us. It was our relationship with Red Cross and everything that we did with them, uh, they took away. And even training 800 people, they told us at the end of the day, the training was no longer good. And I and eight all these pastors in the city had promoted uh, and and went all out for for uh, their people to be trained and uh, talking about trial trial so so th- these things are expected to come I, I think the Lord allows them to come upon us to 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 so what
0: what are the principle you will advise a, a pioneer who who's going through it right now and you say what 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 made you go through it successfully without giving up? You you know, number one was having
1: uh, the body of Christ praying behind you. Uh, So first and foremost, man, I had prayer teams. So that's key. I can't do anything without the prayer behind it. Number two is having good leadership around you to walk with you through it and and to know uh, that, uh, you know, those that trust the Lord shall not be disappointed. I mean, that's a... I know that's a hard thing to, to hear, but at the end of the day, it wasn't about how I felt. Uh, it was just like a man jumping out of an airplane. It doesn't feel good, I'm sure, but you hang on to that parachute and you keep your eyes on the Lord. And for me, that was it. I, I refuse to believe anything less than who my maker is and what he called us to do. And you know, I think what really helps is to ensure that you know, you know, you know the calling. And, you know, like Paul was able to get up from being stoned nearly to death, but he knew his direction where he was supposed to go. He didn't even have to think about it. There was no way a doubt could
0: come in because of the clarity of the calling. Wonderful, Daniel. Cheryl?
2: For House of Prayer leaders, I'm going to talk just straight to to them. Um, A lot of times we're using standards when we're looking at ourselves and saying, Like, oh, it doesn't look like this or it doesn't look like that. And we have to go back to what Jesus honors when he talks about the kingdom. He really picked really small things. Mm. He picked like, you know, the smallest seed. He picked leaven. He picked um, a pearl. Like they're all really small. And that's the only king I know that picked that. Like most kings pick huge things to describe their kingdom. And so that God, our God values small and if we're being faithful, that's what, that's what we're called to. We're called to faithfulness and to let him grow it. Don't worry about numbers. Let him grow it. He knows how to add. He knows how to cause as many people as he wants to gather. You just remain faithful to what he's shown you. And I, and, and to um, know that he loves small. I think even if you think of Zechariah four, don't despise the day of small beginnings um in fact really like God loves them so and I and, and beginnings could be 10 years don't get don't get tired
0: Daniel Cheryl your words are so refreshing I felt that uh, you guys are almost pastoring and prophesying over our audience some of them may be needing to hear this word right now Cheryl would you pray right now we're not ending our podcast yet but I just felt there's a prophetic anointing right now to pray and just let the word of God and this prayer wash over these pioneers so they will stay steady in what God has given them.
2: Yeah, Father, I just thank you that God, you are, um, your eye is on each one. And I ask that they would experience the strength of your arms and the strength of your eyes upon them. And I ask that, Father, You would um, release grace that mountains, even that are just of accusation that are trying to um, discourage, we just speak grace, grace over those mountains. And we ask that God, you would bring fresh vision and fresh, um, just uh, zeal within them. God, the zeal that comes from you, not from their own heart or flesh, but from you, God, would you release it upon each one right now? In the name of Jesus.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Before I let you go, I have to ask you one last question. It's one thing to have a good launch, but how do you sustain <laughs> such good fruits for so many years? It's like a snowball effect. It just gets better and better. For for Cheryl, more and more pastors are recommending because of the good fruits in in the local region. For, for Daniel, you're going beyond Austin now. The model is being coveted and reproduced in other cities. So what are the one or two or three principles that you want to leave behind for our audience in order to sustain what has started by the Lord?
1: I'll say number one is to always give Him the glory and never take His glory. Number two uh, for us, it's how do we stay in this atmosphere where God just has to break in? You know, and, and a lot of that from a relational standpoint, because we have people, right, that have to get involved, it is to how do we stay in, in a, a harmonious agreement? It says in Matthew eighteen nineteen it says, when two or more gather together in harmonious agreement, amplified version, whatever you ask in my name, I shall do. So I'm always thinking from a principle of the scriptures, like, let's let Jehovah so excited about what we're doing. that He has to answer these prayers because our relationships with each other and harmonious agreement when they fall a little get shaky we, we fix them immediately we don't stay in a posture of bitterness or anger etc the third thing is how do we burn because we can't expect to raise anyone up more than what we are so our whole posture as leaders is really our goal isn't disaster relief it's burning before the lord and then everything else will come so it doesn't matter what you do is is you know we want to reveal his nature and so we really work on that hard between ourselves.
0: Thank you, Daniel. Cheryl,
2: those were wonderful. Those were so amazing. Um, yeah, I would say just to add to that, um, just to you to ask the Lord, what are what are what is does faithfulness look like to you? And then just stay on that. Um, I think God calls us not to grow a ministry, but to be faithful to Him. And so stay on. His, um, what he's asking rather than what you feel like you should be doing. And then the other thing I would say is just you don't burn out because you burn within. And so to always maintain intimacy as the prize, as the goal, and then whatever assignment he's called you to, to see it as an assignment and just to remain faithful to it.
0: You know what I so respect uh, about both of you is not just your ability to articulate the truth, but you are living what you are preaching. And Cheryl and Daniel, thank you so much for giving us your time today to speak to our audience about how prayer fill Unity Within a Local Body of Christ. I know if I give you another hour, you have a lot more to pour out to our audience, and we will have you back in the future One Thing Global Leadership Summit podcast, and so stay tuned for our audience for the coming podcast, where we will explore more about the topic of unity with Dr. Johannes Hartel from uh, Germany, where the Lord is using him to unify the Catholic and the Protestant, and and the the young and the old together in the continent of Europe. And we'll also be hearing more from Daniel Jurassi about the importance of prayer and how it must be done together with disaster relief and how disaster relief cannot move forward without night and day prayer. So uh, Daniel and Cheryl, once again, Tell our audience how they can find you if they have questions and they want to get in touch with PIHOB and ADRN. Let's start with uh, Daniel. How can they find you, Daniel?
1: Yeah, uh, simply just going to uh, www.adrn.org and just visiting our website is really the best uh, thing to do. If you're somebody out there and God has moved on your heart, in regards to establishing disaster response amongst the church and what does that look like, uh, you're more than welcome to uh, email me directly at uh, Daniel at ADRNTX in the email address.org. So it's Daniel at ADRNTX.org. We'd be happy to talk to you about uh, how we're helping cities um, uh, with our model.
0: Well, if you want to start a, a, a disaster relief network that is prayer-based, uh, Daniel is very generous. He just gave you his email address. But don't bombard him with email unless you really seriously want to explore starting one. And, but he's because his general website has all the essential information that is needed. Uh, Cheryl, how do they find uh, and learn from Pihop?
2: Yeah, you can go to the website, pihop, P-I-H-O-P dot com. And we are having a house of prayer intensive for a week for pioneering people that want to... Give us the date. Start. Um, the date for that is July 1st through the 6th.
0: Okay. And those are our audience. Just mark your calendar. July uh, 3rd to 6th, right? Two thousand nineteen. or oh, First to 6th, 2019. So it's a week long, five days. If you love the sunny California and hanging out (laughs) with some really fiery people and learning prayer and unity together, look for PieHop.com. Thank you, Daniel and Cheryl, for blessing our audience today. Until the next time.